Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Do you have voices in your head that tell you to do things? Now, I'm not talking about like being schizophrenic or anything like that. No, I'm talking about that monkey chatter, right? That is like a narrator in your head that is often referred to, and many people call it your gremlin. But call it as you may, these voices have influenced you and have been around probably since you can remember, and it accompanies you wherever you go. I mean, your gremlin is with you morning, noon, and night. Yeah, he, he or she totally goes to bed with you, ruminates in your head. He or she tells you who and how you are and defines and interprets every experience of yours. And your gremlin, by the way, wants you to accept his or her interpretations even, which are often and most likely inaccurate as the reality, right? And that gremlin's goal is to squash you, to squash the vibrant and positive you. Now, it's hard to really know, you know, exactly what caused this gremlin to form and be born in your head, um, but it usually is something of the past, right? The gremlin will use your past to hypnotize you into forming and living your life in accordance with this self-limiting and sometimes scary beliefs about you. So it could be anything, right? It could be you're not good enough, or you have to be better than them, or you are not lovable, but whatever they are, they're loud. And they can literally stop you from doing things. It'll get you out of the moment, you'll lose focus, or even alter the way that you look at yourself. And you'll usually then look at yourself in a negative way because of these voices. But here's the thing. These voices are just ghosts. You know, they haunt you. They're ghosts of the past and echoes of someone else's message usually, right? Like it could be a parent. It could be a friend. It could be someone of influence. And then those voices or the messages become yours and you almost forget where they originally came from. But you need to learn to let go of these voices so you can stay present and create opportunities that are meant for you. So with me on the line today is a very, very special guy who has struggled with voices and gremlins in his head. And he, he comes from all the way down from the land under. So he has a very sexy accent. So ladies, when you hear his voice, you probably won't get his voice out of your head. <laughs> Welcome, Adam. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm very well, and yourself? I am good. I love that you came on because <laughs> not only have we been working on getting these voices out of your head, but you even having your voice, and I can't think of a better way to practice than here on my podcast with thousands of listeners, so <laughs> no <laughs> <Thank> pressure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Adam, seriously, I've, I've been loving working with you, and um, you know, maybe just tell the audience just like, you know, how we connected and what you've been working on and then, you know, what you really want to work on here today. 
Of course. Um, well, we connected because I listened to your podcast like everyone Woo-hoo! else is listening now. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was kind of fed up with my same old thought patterns and sort of where I was. I was stuck in a rut. And I decided to give you a call and, you know, see how things were going for that, that first trial call. And it went really well, it exceeded my expectations. And then I signed on. And since then, we've been working on things um, like different goals, like expressing my feelings more, um, you know, communicating more effectively in general, also increasing my confidence with things like, you know, being like dating more and being more social and also just um, being more proactive and reactive and things like that. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, and it's been such a great journey so far and, you know, looking forward to continue with you. And, you know, when you had mentioned you wanted to come on today and talking about those voices in your head, I thought that was such a good topic because we can all relate to that. I mean, we all have the monkey chatter in our head, but I mean, tell me a little bit more about how it's showing up for you more specifically. I think when I begun to analyze it, and sort of see it all the time was when I was talking about things that maybe I want to do or even mm-hmm. just things that I like or my goals. Um, even when I was speaking to you, one of the times I remember um, I was talking about some of my accomplishments and the voice that went through my head was, is this a good enough accomplishment? Is this worth mm-hmm. even mentioning? Even though I knew that you'd be very accepting of it, that voice was still there and Sometimes that carries across to other things and times when I'm talking to people and I, uh, that, that voice sort of just keeps saying things like, is what you're saying important enough? Is what you're doing right? Are you aware of every social thing that's happening right now? And sometimes it takes over. Sometimes it's quiet, but it's sort of always there a little bit. Yeah, no, that is so... It, it really can be that, that obstacle almost that stops you. Like you can have all the other things going on and things are moving and then the voice can literally stop you in its tracks. Like how, how has it stopped you or prevented you from like opportunities, say in relation to dating or anything else that's been relevant? Um, well, definitely times when I've been on dates and I've really liked the girl. And I remember thinking, you know, is what I'm wearing good enough? Is um, mm. what I'm saying good enough? And it sort of holds me back from, from actually appreciating the person and um, actually really bonding with them. Ah, the bonding thing. That, no, yeah. that's really important. I think also like what you're talking about is that connection. It's like almost yeah. a disconnect that can happen when you are so like focused on that voice. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So what have you, I mean, what have you been working on with that right now? Like what is like been hard to kind of get over that hump? Because I think like you have that awareness, right? And that's always the first step. I always tell people that, but what's making it difficult to get over that so that you're really present and focused and connecting? It's hard really. I think I'm not fully hundred percent sure but I think what's mm-hmm. really holding me back is just because it's been around for so long and I have built up things like my accomplishments and things that I feel confident about myself with, but there's still that, that voice that stops me from, you know, speaking to somebody like whether it's a girl at a bar or even just talking to, to people at a, in a, a more 
interested way at social events. It, it sort of just sits there in, your, in the back of your head and kind of judges everything you do. Mm, you said something, Andrew, you said it's been there for so long. Like how long has it been? Can you trace back where it's coming from and how long? Really hard to pinpoint, but definitely back to high school years. Um, mm. I remember I, like definitely in high school, that sort of thing used to happen when I'd speak to people and uh, mainly women when I would, you know, say something and was thinking there was that, that voice in my head that was going, is this the right thing have you missed out on um some lesson <laughs> on social yeah. interaction or you know um girl guy interactions that um everyone else somehow knows and you're not doing it right that's what it will sort of say and it's been there since about high school i think hmm i i actually am gonna challenge you on that i have a feeling this voice has been with you for quite some time i think even before high school All so right. i want to I want to kind of like turn back the clock for a second and talk about your childhood, if you don't mind. Like what, yeah. can you tell me a little bit more about just, you know, how, your, you know, your relationship with your parents and growing up and, you know, messages maybe you got there? I guess like, yeah, turning back the clock and going back into the, mm-hmm. that, that younger version of myself. Um, I grew up as an only child uh, in a country town just outside of the capital of Australia and there sort of wasn't always a lot to do. So I found myself at home doing a lot of things sort of by myself. And um, because I was the only child, it was, um, it was, you know, my parents would sort of give me all the, all the attention, I guess, but it wasn't always the right attention. And sometimes mm. they, um, it, it wouldn't always be, um, I guess the same attention that I, that I, I now understand. <laughs> um is, is more beneficial and so in in saying that like you know my parents were, were great and did the best they could but at the same time you know I'd get in trouble for things and I'd you know get put in the corner and it was I was told to not express my feelings and to not mm-hmm. uh you know to be quiet when you know when I had a, an issue with something um but yeah I think that's that, that's sort of what my life was like back then as a kid mm-hmm Wait, no, and I think that's, this is really important because, you know, we're talking about maybe the things that stop you, you know, and again, like the echoes of the past that I think you've mm. taken on right now as your own. So when you were that little boy and you were kind of like put in the corner and told not to express your feelings or, you know, whatnot, you also mentioned that you were receiving not the right attention. I just want to know, like, what did you mean by that? Is it... Can you be more specific? Yeah, okay. That sort of comes down to, it wouldn't be encouraging, I guess. So my parents would mm. kind of shelter me a little bit, but not in a bad way. I mean, they would say, you know, I was like a shy kid. So they'd always say, oh, he's shy and kind of allow me to not <laughs> really have as um, much interaction as I probably should have. Um, mm-hmm. And and sometimes I'd get um, the wrong attention if I did, try and and do things differently and have fun or just play around I'd be told like you know this isn't the time for that or don't do that um at like let's just say to a family dinner or something like that and there's like other kids there because I was sort of the only child of my parents family I was the only one that got their attention from getting in trouble from being something where all the others would kind of get it 
as like a blanket approach from their parents. Ah, you mean that you got the message that somehow it wasn't good enough or the right thing that you were doing. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that what you said before is what goes on in your head when you're with a woman? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like it, it, it's sometimes it's not like, you know how you said it's in the back of your mind mm. and, or sometimes it comes in the front, but you, you don't even know like where it originally came from. And so, you know, just a little bit of, you know, going back in time as a kid and, you know, I don't know if you ever watch kids play and they play, you know, and at that age, when you're really young, you, you don't really know what you're doing. You just do. Right. And that's what this, yeah. such the beautiful thing about children is that they haven't developed filters yet. But what happens as we get these messages, you know, after you do something and you're playing and having fun and being silly or whatever, you know, that playfulness or whatever, you know, you think you're doing gets squashed, you know, yeah. and, and told that it's not right. It's not proper. That's too much. You're being dramatic, you know, whatever it was at yeah. the time. And so fast forward to now, there's this hesitancy that comes because I mean, Adam, I've gotten to know you, you have an extremely playful side and when it comes out, it just rocks, <laughs> you know? And well, I, I, yeah, no, you do. You have like a killer laugh and smile. You're taking an improv class. You are coming out of your shell, but yet there's this hesitancy that comes and that's from that echo of the past that yeah. you just talked about. Do, do you feel that? Yeah, definitely. And I think as we discussed once before and, and working with you, it has quietened down and the volume of that voice has gotten quieter mm. to the point that, um, you know, there's definitely times now where it sort of doesn't always happen. It's sort of, you know, I can go on dates or even meet people and, it, and it's not really there. But, um, and I'm also a bit more present in those situations. So I can definitely tell that that's, you know, it, it's quietening. <laughs> okay. So this is good. Cause that's where I was going to ask you where we want to go. So, you know, we kind of figured out where it comes from and now you're aware of it. Right. And it's not to dwell on the past, but you know, just yeah. know that I, I want you to know that those voices aren't yours. Like you've taken yeah. those voices on as your own. So what we're doing now is, yeah, like you said, that they've deadened since we've been working together. Yeah. So let's talk about how to like completely get rid of it, eradicate it <laughs> so that, or it turns into a different voice. Right. And so that it doesn't stop you. So, um, well, why don't you, I'd love to hear, first of all, on a scale of one to 10, right? 10 being like loud as hell and one being com almost completely gone. Where, yeah. where is it right now? I'm going to say three. Oh, three. Wow. Yeah, it's quieting down a lot. Um, compared to when I first called you, it was easily a seven, I reckon. <sighs> Wow. Okay. So, well, first, because I think this will be so helpful for, you know, you listening, everyone. Um, how did you get from a seven to a three? Like, what are some like techniques that you used? And then we can talk about ones that'll get it down to a one. Yeah, well, 
definitely things like doing improv helped, but um, doing the things that you mentioned, I, I think helped the most. And that's making an accomplishment list, writing a, a brag list of uh, things that I'm good at and qualities that I have uh, allowed it to subside a little bit more. And by repeating that daily, it helps me actually gain a picture of who I am. I mean, like I said, it's not completely gone. There's definitely a lot of times and situations that tend to be, I'd say, more romantic situations um, where I'm on a date or anything that they they tend to come up. But in general social situations, they're nearly all gone. Um, but yeah, doing doing those things has definitely helped a lot. Oh, that's so good. I love that. And just to kind of highlight what you said, because I mean, I think, you know, when, when all these gremlins, you know, show up, it, it, like I was talking about in the beginning of this show is that they're usually of negative nature, you know, and so it clouds, you know, almost your vision of yourself. And so that's why having you do like an accomplishment chart. And just to clarify what that is, is just like listing out all the things that you keep accomplishing in your life, you know, and you and I had set a a list of goals to work on. And every time you had accomplished something towards those goals, you were writing them down. And there's something really powerful about that, not only the act of writing, but visually for yourself, seeing it in front of you and saying, hey, oh my gosh, like, I, I've done this. I can do it. And it, it motivates you. It keeps you going and, and keeps you out yeah, of your exactly. head. It feels like the, the to-do list thing when you have a to-do list and you actually start ticking things off, it feels good. But you know, this is a, uh, like on a personal and a personality level as opposed to a things I've got to do around the house level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, actually it's a good metaphor. You're actually cleaning house in your mind, right? Yeah. Like you're cleaning your brain's you know, junk in there and saying, be gone, you know, like I need to clear the way so that I can make room for who I really am and what I really want to do. And that's, what's been so great about what you've been doing. And so that actually goes into what you said is the second thing was the brag book. And that also is like, you know, listing out all the things that you are, all the things you love about yourself, both on a personality level, what you offer to people, what you like about yourself physically, like really focusing in and every day, every day bragging about yourself, Yeah, you know, so whether it's journaling or you're, you know, doing it in a recording or a video, like I've done it in many different modalities, because again, that will quiet the gremlin. All these things are weapons against the gremlin, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it deaden the noise, right? So I love that. But okay, so now, now we're at the point where we're at a three. So those things have been really helpful. And you said, there's just like times where it spikes and it usually, and I think what you said is during times of like, more when you're trying to get intimate or deeper connected with a woman. Is that what you said? Yeah, definitely. When I'm interested in someone, uh, those voices come screaming back, but not at the full extent that they used to, but they're, Mm -hmm. uh, they're definitely still there. Okay. So can you think of like a recent example that that happened and maybe we can like play it out for a second and see. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely think of one that happened, I guess, only a few weeks ago, I was on a date and, um, I mean, I, I quite liked the girl and, um, it was, it was going well, I was having fun. Um, 
and whenever I would like want to do something or like try and change the, the date to be a bit more intimate, I guess, and mm-hmm. um, make, make physical contact, there'd be that voice that would be, that would be like, Oh, you know, are you sure? Like, what if you've read this entire wrong? Again, that, that one that was saying, maybe you've got this whole social situation wrong. Maybe this isn't the right thing to do. And, and it would cause me to hesitate. And then the voice would get louder from that hesitation and the louder. And in that situation, um, unfortunately, the, the, the date didn't sort of end well. I mean, it, it, oh. it ended on like a, a nice level and a friend level, which was all, all good, I guess. But at the same time, it didn't go to where I'd want it. And then after that, um, I yeah never got a call back. And I understand exactly why. What was your hypothesis? Why? Because I, I hesitated in, um, mm. and didn't um, show myself, I guess, and my intention and what I would like out of the situation. I, I stayed a friend. I, you know, remained as a, as similar to a person that you'd, um, you'd meet at an improv class or something, you know, like only uh-huh. like a friend. Yeah. I stayed as that. Yeah. So you fell into the safety or friend zone, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's safer. (laughs) I mean, let's face it. That's totally safer. That's why a lot of times people stay in this, in the friend zone because it's a safety zone and you don't, you know, you can high five and shake hands and talk about, you know, the weather is way safer than, yeah kind of cranking up the sexual dial or the emotional <laughs> dial, right? And so yeah. I know that's one of the things like you and I were talking about and working on. So, okay, can you actually recall the moment where that happened? Like what was going on in your conversation, in your body? Like, do you remember the bridge where that happened? Yeah, where everything so. just stopped? Like it's the record stopped <laughs> basically. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. It's it's sort of. I wish it was as simple as that, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was definitely moments that I felt like I hesitated in the time, and you could kind of see it in the conversation because that was when the conversation um, would either reset or dip. So mm. what, what I mean by that is that it would um, it would go back to niceties <laughs> rather than progressing down the trajectory it was of uh-huh. getting more intimate and deep, or it would kind of stop and I wouldn't say have an awkward silence because that's not what happens but it's more of a it's a lot less short of time and it's more of a like I we kind of for me anyway I I understand what's just happened there and um yeah and that's and the conversation just sort of goes back up again like I said got it okay so before you know kind of the peaks and valleys were happening were you in the flow before? Like, was it, you know, kind of going in a fun way and you were light and you were in the moment or did that happen from the minute you said hello? Like I'm trying to figure out when in time this started happening for you. No worries. Well, that fine at first, like not a worry. It was, it's sort uh-huh. of, um, it goes into flow and very easygoing and, you know, I connect well and I, you know, punctuate sentences with, you know, touch on the arm and all that sort of stuff and it's not an issue like that's just kind of naturally who I am and what I can do it's um it's probably about halfway through to maybe towards the end when mm. you know we've we've covered all the ground that's sort of in a conversation and also covered all the ground with just getting to know each other and this is where it starts to get intimate and the conversation does get intimate and well, I mean it's obviously we're on a date together 
<laughs> yes. That's how it's going to happen. And then uh-huh. the voice comes in always around that moment. It's, it's when it's going to go that bit further when I have to be that bit more vulnerable and, you know, uh-huh. yeah. And that's when it, that's when it comes up. It's like, are you sure? That's what it essentially says in the back of my head. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's kind of like just going, I'm just tying something in for you. So it's kind of yeah. like you're the little boy throwing the ball around and you're happy-go-lucky and you're having fun. And then all of a sudden someone comes in and says, don't do that. Quiet. Yep. <laughs> you're way too good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for a while. Um, <laughs> yes. So, okay. So, Here's the thing. I, I want you to almost, and, and this is a powerful thing, uh, and you and I haven't really done much of this, and certainly we can continue doing it, but yeah. I want you to close your eyes and visualize right now that you were that fun, playful boy yep. that you once were. And tell me a little bit what you see. In terms of that time. A little boy. Mm-hmm. The playful boy before you got squashed. Like when you're playing, having fun. Yeah, what just you- running around and, you know, like you said, throwing a ball, kicking a football, um, playing mm-hmm. with friends without a care in the world. Mm-hmm. What are you wearing? I'm wearing uh, a blue Thomas the Tank Engine shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and um, checkered shorts. Uh-huh. Where are you? I'm in the oval near my house. Hmm. What's it like? What are the colors? What do you see? Uh, well, the, the grass is very green and um, the lines are painted white around the outside of the football field. Uh-huh. And I can see brown trees. This is Australia um, in the distance yeah. and a blue sky. Ooh, nice. And then what does it feel like outside? Is it warm? Is it cold? Yeah, it's very warm. It's warm. Sunny? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like a really happy place that you're painting. And you feel that? Definitely. I want you to hone in on that. I want you to remember this feeling. Yep. And I want you to carry that with you on the date. In every yep. day. And I think that you're carrying that with you in the beginning. But what if you threw the ball earlier so that you didn't have the buildup and then worry that someone's going to say, stop it? What if you yeah. went into the date and just threw the ball right away? Hi. Boom. Yeah. That makes sense. What does that feel like? It uh, feels uh, relieving, I guess, in a way. <laughs> ah, that's a good word. What, what feels like what is giving you that relief right now? Because I know that I can do that and know that just being able to, to play and mm-hmm. be in that moment is, is so natural and easy to do and there's no pressure. Exactly. 
It's, you know, well, and you haven't shared this, but I'm going to share because you're also a musician, right? Yep. <laughs> how, how do you feel when you're on stage? Uh, exactly like that. And it's funny yeah. you mentioned this because I had an improv show as well the other night, the first one in a while. And I was on there and I was able to be aware of myself on there. I was like, whoa, I'm, you know, I'm just in the floor. I'm not even caring where sometimes in class I might care a little bit. But when I was on stage, it was a completely different feeling. I was exactly like you just mentioned, like with that little boy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Because you were in your playful state. You, yeah. And when you're in your playful state without the filters... You don't worry about what other people think or feel. And so therefore you don't lose that moment. You're just being, and that's yeah. such a beautiful place to be. It's, it's, it, you know, it's what you just described in your visualization. It's, it's warm. It's, it's, it's you. It, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is that, you know, so, so many times you're worried about, oh, I should be more vulnerable here rather than just being vulnerable. Yeah, that's, that's spot on correct. <laughs> right, because I think, and, and I think this is true for so many of us, is that you've been, you know, either listening to podcasts or you're learning how to, you know, you hear this all the time, just be more vulnerable, just, just you know, do it. Da, da, da. But if you're worrying about being vulnerable, that takes you out of just being vulnerable. <laughs> so yeah. if you focus more on, just being playful and having fun and accessing that little boy that I know is in there because you demonstrate it on stage at improv, you demonstrate it in the beginning of dates and you demonstrate it on stage when you're a musician. Yeah. There's no reason. And, and here's the thing, because you're waiting longer to get into the deeper stuff or just, you know, the sharing piece and the, and the feeling piece, there's that, that buildup is causing the hesitation too, because you're scared. You're like, oh, oh my God. Okay. I know I got to do this. I know I got to do this. You know, and that just, you know, instead of just going in and throwing the ball and you're like, oh, yeah. well, that, that was easy. Yeah. It's funny because times in my life where I have done that. Yeah. It's, it's going well. You're exactly right. Ah. Uh, there's been relationships that I've had and where I have been very playful and it's been not a care in the world and it, it just works so much better and it's, it's just so much easier. And, and, but yeah, when I don't do that, when I hesitate is when, yeah, I know it doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> okay. So those times that it worked well, where you just went in, what were yeah. you doing before that and like what what did you do to prepare yourself for that or maybe you didn't I don't know like do you remember I what think, happened uh, it was definitely when I was a, a bit younger and actually mm. even a, even a time recently in the last few years and it was in terms of what I was doing I wasn't doing anything it was just I felt like I was just enjoying it and I was in that moment I felt mm. more um, in touch, so with myself, not just with um, the other person, but that that helps. Once I like felt in touch with myself, I was able to be playful and just not have a care in the world. And yeah, like you said, throw the ball and you know get into deeper conversations and and also like you know like kiss the girl and do all that sort of thing. And it felt so natural and flow like in flow. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Did you have a nickname when you were little? 
I did. What was it? Hoagie. <laughs> Hoagie? Okay. <Yeah. laughs> so I am now naming, renaming your gremlin to Hoagie. Yeah. And Hoagie is going to push the gremlin away because I want Hoagie to just come out and play like every single time. Yeah. And anytime the gremlin starts like creeping in, just, you know, push, just have Hoagie push him away and just go for it. Because you, yeah. you know you already can, and so yeah. you will. Definitely. I like that. <laughs> yeah? Good. It's, but it's, I can feel it now. I feel happy and excited just thinking about that, and I've got like a big smile on my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the smile, actually, in your voice. I'm sure everyone else can, too. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's funny, like, when you start becoming aware and accessing, you know, this kind of thing in your body, honing in on that part of your body, that it's like an imprint. It'll become a memory so that you can access that when in times of, you know, uncertainty or, you know, anxiety, whatever that is, just access the inner hoagie. And that, yeah. that's going to just make you smile and be like, okay, I got this. I got this. <laughs> yep. Right. So yeah, no, this, and can I just commend you? I love that you just said how you felt like a plus. Do you, do you realize you just did that? <laughs> um, half realized I knew that I was talking about smiling and stuff, but yeah, I didn't realize yeah. <laughs> that I did it. <laughs> yeah, no, you totally did it. And see, you didn't think about, I should, I should say right now how I felt you just were in the flow and say, Oh my God, I just felt so good at it. Like you just, you just did it in the moment. So you just actually did it. That's <laughs> what I want you to do on the dates. Exactly what you yeah. just did. All right. There it is. <laughs> Bam. The awesome. Awesome. Okay. So just to recap, I think, you know, I, I, I love that you're going to continue doing the accomplishment chart, um, continue doing the brag book to counteract, you know, all those kind of negative thoughts that creep up. Yep. And more importantly, in order to prepare for upcoming um, stressful events such as dates or performance or, you know, could be like a, a meeting at work where there's going to be a lot of people, like wherever it is that that anxiety starts creeping up, I want you to do this visualization before going in and just access the inner hoagie and all the feelings and, um, you know, see it, feel it give it color, do all the things that we just did and yeah. you'll go in in such a better frame of mind. I love it. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for just, I mean, my God, I know a lot of people listening are just going to love this and, and really relate to what you just shared. Yeah, no worries. Oh, amazing. Amazing. So any last words or things that you wanted um, to share? Nothing I can think of except for uh, thank you for your help. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. I've been loving working with you. So <laughs> thanks, too. Adam. Thanks for joining me. And this has thank been the you. Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you're looking to have a breakthrough like Adam just did, make sure you sign up for a free coaching session with me by clicking on the link provided in the show description. Remember, that's how Adam started. Everything just starts with a call. So stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.